Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Today, we're joined by Tobin Van Osten, co-founder of Savvy. And welcome to the show, Tobin. Thanks for having me on. So um, before we start, uh, can you give our listeners a little bit of an overview of Savvy? Walk us through why you and Aaron founded the company and set it up as a public benefit corporation, which was the first thing that jumped out at me. And uh, talk about the journey and what lessons are the founders can take from your experience. Absolutely. So you can kind of think of Savvy a little bit like TurboTax type software, but for your student loan debt. Meaning, you know, we're not the ones deciding how much you owe on your loans. We're not the ones making the loans. What we're really doing is checking and seeing are there federal and state deductions, forgiveness programs, et cetera, that you might benefit from. Uh, and our savings are pretty significant. You know, the average person is finding uh, uh, tens of thousands of dollars in loan forgiveness over the lifetime of their loan. But even the next month, the average payment goes down by about $150 a month. So it's, it's significant. Um, you know, to your question about why, you know, why are, why are Aaron, my co-founder and I doing this? We actually, you know, had worked on student loan policy for over a decade in D.C. So um, we were at separate organizations, uh, different think tanks, uh, but both working on things like, well, how should the government set interest rates on student loans? Or uh, should there be a new repayment option for people who in, in a specific situation? And because in this case, the U.S. government owns 90 percent of the one point six trillion dollars of student loans out there it doesn't really operate like normal debt. Instead, it operates based off of these decades of policies and programs that Congress has passed and created. So, um, you know, we had worked in that space for a while and, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot more that needs to be done on the policy side, but we realized, you know, there really wasn't a lot of private sector innovation happening that was focused on middle-class borrowers. Um, most of it was focused on refinancing, or folks who are upper income borrowers. So we said, you know what, there's room here. Let's apply technology. Um, you know, there's urgency to help people and let's see what we can build that could help people immediately just based on the programs and policies that were already in place. So let's, let's talk a little bit about how you're going to grow and get the benefits of um, your company to more people. You have partners that include TIAA and the NEA. Um, are you working with large employers as well as a benefit to help uh, their employees pay off the debt? Let's start there. We are. Um, you know, even over just the past few years, I would say the interest in helping folks with student loan debt has just grown in all areas, whether that's employers helping their employees or, you know, membership groups helping their members. On the, you know, to give you an example on the employer side, one of our clients is Hackensack Meridian Health. They're one of the largest employers in New Jersey, and I think are a great example. You know, they're on the front lines right now of COVID. You know, they have tens of thousands of employees, and the last thing their employees should be worrying about is their next month's student loan payment. You know, they have they have a tough job right now. Um, what's interesting, is, you know, just to continue that example, is the government recognizes this. And so they've passed special programs that say, look, if you're working in public health, you can get your loans forgiven. So uh, that's the kind of thing where we, we're helping them with is not only are we helping make sure their payment's affordable, but we're getting those employees on track to get loans forgiven if they continue that public health career. So, you know, I think it's a great example of kind of 
how each piece of the puzzle fits together. You know, there was a government role, there was an employer role, and then of course the employee, the borrower role, uh, and then us trying to, you know, serve as the glue. So it, it looks like uh, one of the best ways that people can go out to, to find out more about partnering would be to go to buysavvy.com. That's B-Y-S-A-V-I.com. Is there any other um, like good path to learn more about the partnerships that you have and the opportunities to work with you? Thanks for that question. Yeah, that is that is exactly what I would recommend folks to go to our website. One thing I would note is we are in in, you know, weird, unprecedented times, right, with COVID. So um, we're trying to do our part. You know, part of that is our mission as a public benefit company. Um, so we actually have a free lightweight version of our tool up there specifically for people who uh, maybe have lost their job or had their hours reduced due to COVID. Um, so if you're an individual borrower, you can find that resource off of that main website. But we also have information for employers, partnership groups, et cetera, who might be saying, hey, this is a benefit I'd like to extend to you know, our customers or our employees. Um, but that, that really is, is, is uh, the best resource. And, and let me just ask a follow-up here. The, the employer then partners with you and say it's, you know, it's a large tech firm or whoever it might be. Um, what happens? You know, what, what is the process of offering this as an employee and, or as an employer? And then what does it look like as an employee? Like what, what's the first couple steps that people would experience? Absolutely. It, it, it will feel fairly similar to other employer benefits, meaning you'll, uh, you, the employee, will have access to a co-branded website with your employer. It'll be unique just for your organization. And you'll come in and basically answer a few basic questions like, do you, you know, do you have student loans? Um, do you have kids? You know, are you married? Um, things like that that maybe don't seem intuitively like they'd have a big impact, but because of the fact that these are government programs, the government does take those into account. So just as an example, you know, if you're an identical person and you have a child or you don't have a child, if you have a child, the government will say, hey, you can pay less each month because they know having children, you know, I have a child, they know ch children are expensive. So they factored that in. But, you know, if you step back a sec, it's not necessarily intuitive that your number of children would impact your monthly student loan payment. So anyway, point is, we, we gather that kind of information. Um, after that, we've built a proprietary algorithm where we scan all of your options. So we'll do the heavy lifting. We'll figure out what you're eligible for, what you're not eligible for, what the cost is, make it as easy as possible for you. Uh, and then if you can find savings, you know, if you can, you say, hey, this is a program I want to get into, uh, we'll do the paperwork for you. You know, it's, it's not glamorous, <laughs> but it's a pretty key part of our service, which is, you know, if you think about, to go back to my tax analogy, your accountant said, hey, you get a $2,000 refund or TurboTax said this, but now go out and do all the paperwork on your own. That's not that helpful, <laughs> right? What's helpful is, getting that amount and actually uh, making sure you can access it. So we've digitized it. So we'll automatically generate that paperwork for you. Um, so that's what it looks like for the employee. It's pretty simple. We'll do it in just a few sessions uh, and um, uh, are able to access it through their employer portals. And, and the same goes for a membership group or a financial institution. You know, if there's other benefits, you'll see it featured alongside those benefits. Uh, if you have an online account, like a retirement account, you know, and you have student loan debt, you might see a link to, to our service in there. So that's, that's what the process looks like.
I like what you just described, Tobin, because it reminds me of a couple of other startup companies that we have talked to and work with that are identifying challenges with, with how the processes work within the government benefits program and trying to use technology to solve it and make it easier for people to get access to it. Because um, there are a lot of tools out there, but it's like a wild, wild west that is running on I don't know, steam engine might actually be going too fast, but you get the point. It's, there's a lot of work that needs to be done and I'm glad you guys are doing it. Um, on that topic, student loan, 1.6, 1.7 trillion, eh, what's another digit? It's ginormous. And unfortunately, as much as, you know, we, we keep talking about it, there's one thing that, that is stuck on my mind is, is disproportionately impacting certain groups. Black students, students of color, impacts people from all ages. Um, there are some stats that have come out that talked about the default rate on um, older adults, right? So will we ever be able to dig ourselves out from this hole? And, you know, I, I, and I, I want to talk a little bit more about the role of government and employers, because you did mention that it takes all the different stakeholders, right? There is a, a role for employee to play a role for government policy to play, a role for employers and a role for you guys as a tech company. Yeah, you, I'm glad you brought that topic up. I mean, this is an issue that not surprisingly, I think due to its scale, but is disproportionately worse for those populations that are um, you know, least equipped to deal with the burden of financial student loan debt. So that, you know, you can look at it in different ways, first generation college students, borrowers of color, um, you know, older Americans, as you noted, 50 plus, the age, age 50 plus group is unfortunately one of the fastest growing groups with student loan debt, which is kind of shocking if you think about it. Um, and, you know, that was something that, you know, in my previous um, think tank kind of role, you know, I'd done a lot of research on and looked at, you know, why is it impacting different groups? And one of the things that had jumped out to me that really stuck with me, you know, and helped motivate, uh, motivate me to start Savvy is, you know, if you very simply split the problem into two pieces, one is, okay, how much debt do you have coming out of college, right? So that, you know, there's a lot that goes into that, that grants from the government, um, do you have money from your parents? How much does the college cost? That's all, you know, that's a chunk of problems. And there's a, there's a real debt gap by which I mean, if you're a borrower of color, you come out of college owing more than your white counterparts, even if you control for other factors. So that's a huge problem. But there's a second piece too, which is that gap quadruples over the next few years after you leave school. Meaning not only do you leave college already at a bit of a financial disadvantage, but it gets worse. It doesn't get better. So whereas, you know, um, your, you know, some of the, the white graduates might be paying that debt down for borrowers of color, that debt amount, that debt balance actually is going up. So, you know, I think that both parts of that problem need to be addressed. You're not going to solve the issue of student loan debt ultimately until you address that first problem. But we, what we sort of said was, you know what, there's 46 million plus people who are already in that second bucket. What can we do to help them today? Um, and that's, you know, that, that's what we really decided to hone in on with Savvy is, is that group. So, so far you, you raised about $6 million in your series A last year, and you've been working on this um, for a year plus. T talk about like beyond the, the TurboTax for student loans, what have you learned in the first year about the needs of this group and 
um, how you're going to tackle the problem. What's what's next? What's on on this year's agenda? Absolutely. Well, you know, two things I would say. One is one of the learnings that I had over the last year is just how intertwined student loan debt is with every other financial issue or financial decision. So, you know, if you're trying to buy a house, uh, how much you're paying per month on your student loan bills impacts whether you're going to get that mortgage and what you're going to pay. And beyond, even beyond that, you know, the folks who are <laughs> issuing mortgages or buying mortgages like Fannie and Freddie, it's such a big issue that they know that too. So now they're putting in special rules that say, hey, if you do this program instead of that program, we'll increase, you know, your mortgage eligibility um, for any mortgage we guarantee throughout the country, which is a massive percentage of them. Um, same is true of retirement. You know, same is true of, uh, you know, even folks making decisions like getting married. You know, that, that was an interesting one. Well, should I get married legally? You know, uh, what about my spouse's debt? How does that impact what I pay? Um, so you name it, <laughs> student loan debt is so big now. Uh, as you mentioned, Theodora, earlier on, you know, it's going up by a lot. <laughs> every, every time we talk about it, it's going up, you know, 1.6, 1.7 trillion. The government estimates there'll be another trillion issued uh, by the end of this decade. So anyway, um, you know, I, I think that was... That was interesting. And it also charts a little bit of a path for us, which is just, you know, we need to help those folks, help support those borrowers. Um, you know, specifically in 2021, demand demand is so high that I think the, the what we're really just focused on in the short term is growth. You know, our service works, it's help helps people. We are managing over a billion dollars of student loans today. Um, how do we get it in the hands of more people? How do we do more partnerships? Um, like those partnerships with TIA or the ARP or the National Education Association. Um, that's really our focus uh, this year. And one of the things um, I think we start to see also that when you talk about impact of student loans on the overall financial lives of people and what they do, um, also is the issue of entrepreneurship. If you are so much in debt, you have to find a stable job just to make ends meet and, and pay the bills. So when we're thinking about why is entrepreneurship startup founders, they're so skewed towards one particular demographic, how they are doing financially is a big challenge as well, right? Thinking about if I have debts, I have bills to pay, I have people to feed, and you know, I need to worry about the issue of healthcare and, and all of those it limits your ability to do things that you wanted to do. So it, it has a large, large impact, if, uh, you know, like you say. It almost feels like a uniquely American problem. And, and I say that because I was born and raised in Hong Kong. I have friends in the UK, in Australia, in Canada. No one that I know has such a challenge as we do, at least, you know, not, not in my circle. I wanted to ask you, based on the research that you guys did before and, and after starting Savvy, are there other countries that have similar issues? Are there things we can learn from them? Great, great question. And, you know, on your point about entrepreneurship and sort of the, the ripple effect of student loan debt, you know, I just wanted to say, I think that what you see is a, is a, vicious cycle with student loan debt, where if you're, you know, if your parents have student loan debt, you're almost certainly to have student loan debt and a lot more. And, um, you know, it becomes very hard to sort of 
figure out, well, should I be paying off my own student loans or should I be helping pay my kids to go to college? Um, so, you know, it is a problem that uh, shuts down financial opportunities for people across the board, but can really have that multi-generational effect, um, which, which is terrible. Uh, you know, in terms of the, uh, you know, international aspect of it. So, you know, unfortunately, this is an area where the United States is a leader, <laughs> uh, not in a good way. 1.6, 1.7 trillion. I mean, that is bigger than many economies around the world, um, just in terms of scale. I will say that while it is a much bigger problem here than pretty much anywhere else, or that I should say than literally anywhere else, uh, there are other countries where there there is a growing student loan debt component. Um, so uh, England, for example, has, I think, you know, over a hundred billion U.S. dollars worth of student loan debt now. Um, that didn't exist a decade ago. So, you know, it's still, as a scale of a problem, a lot smaller than it is here. But I think the dynamics that push the United States to start issuing student loans are global effects and are global dynamics. And you probably will start to see it become more of a problem throughout other countries in the world probably behind, you know, behind um, in terms of timeline wise of where the U.S. is just because of, of you know, how we shifted here, but, but um, certainly everywhere. And, 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 you know, one other reason for that I'd mention is if you look at student loan debt, it's doubled since the 2008 recession in the U.S. That was, it was not on a good trajectory, but that was a clear inflection point where the rate of student loan debt dramatically accelerated. And obviously that was a global recession. So, um, you know, again, the financial effects and dynamics of that, I think, are, are present throughout the world. Let's, let's tap into that decade where you spent researching and, and looking at policy and, and regulatory um, changes within this space. You know, when, when I think about banking and financial services and the sort of fiduciary responsibility of investment um, banking and you know, the the way that we plan for retirement and what have you. I'm always surprised that the industry is not lobbying more for changes that would benefit the consumer and in the long term benefit their business. So what policies and regulatory changes should the industry embrace to alleviate the financial impact of debt like student loans? Isn't it in the industry's best interest to have, you know, people get student loan debt off of their personal balance sheet? Well, first off, I want to say, you know, your first point, I could not agree with more, which is, you know, we set this up as a public benefit company to make sure literally in our charter, you know, our mission is aligned with that of student loan borrowers. But I didn't see any sacrifice there on the business side in making that decision. I think it helps, right? You know, I wanted to optimize around helping our, our, our customers, our users over the lifetime of their student loans. I'm not looking to, you know, make sure we make a loan to them tomorrow and then never talk to them again. I want to help them every single year until their student loans are paid off. And I know that, look, if we forgive someone $30,000 in student loans, they're going to trust us. That is great for them. Obviously, that's great for our business. You know, we're building a real relationship. So I think that, um, you know, from our, from our perspective, it's not like, uh, you know, a scenario where we're doing charity work on the side or something like that. We see the two as one and the same. What's going to help borrowers is going to help our business. Um, beyond that, I think that one of the challenges though, that, that, or dynamics that is out there is just, there's a lot of pressure for businesses to focus on the short term. Um, you know, instead of optimizing over, 
you know, even a multi-year period, um, much less a decade plus period. That's true of public companies that have report earnings. That's true of startups like ours that, you know, need to show rapid growth to make it to the next round. And, and yet, if you step back and look at some of the biggest, most successful companies, um, you know, they had long-term, long-term plans. So I think there is a role not just for policymakers to think about that dynamic, you know, making sure interests are aligned, fiduciary interests are aligned, um, et cetera, but also just, you know, for major investors, pension funds, et cetera, to think about how they're evaluating and making investment decisions. Um, you know, w w that will pay off for them financially, but uh, maybe take a, require a slightly longer horizon. So before we close, let's talk about a hot topic of late in the last, I don't know, few months, shall we say, although it feels like a few years, um, the issue of reducing and canceling student debt. It's a big, big topic. Um, if, say, if the federal government does help cancel the student debts to a certain extent, how could that change the impact of this debt? Would it create other issues? Because there are two sides of the coin, isn't it? Yeah, and you're right. Time is relative these days. I, uh, you know, a few weeks can feel like a year and vice versa. Um, so uh, I think, well, for, I, first I want to say, I think the most important thing that could be done to help student loan borrowers today, the government has done, which is pausing payments. Um, that is immediate relief for tens of millions of people. It's something that wasn't done to this degree in any previous financial recession in the U.S. And I think it's frankly a tool now that you know, obviously, hopefully there won't be further recessions, but, you know, practically speaking, I'm sure at some point in my lifetime there will be, you know, that's a tool I think the government will employ in the future. So that, so that's good, but that's temporary relief. You know, it doesn't, it's, it's a band-aid. It doesn't solve the issue. Um, I think of it as a little bit similar to, you know, so if, if student loan debt cancellation is passed, you know, pr President Biden has proposed $10,000 of student loan forgiveness, um, for example, for each borrower. Uh, I think it will probably actually look and feel a little similar to the COVID relief efforts around the PPP loans, meaning, you know, they put out lots of money designed to try to help businesses um, sustain payroll and survive. Uh, it wasn't perfect. Certainly there are businesses that got, you know, some loans or, or some loans that shouldn't. And there's probably those that needed more than what they got, um, or there certainly are. And so, you know, we have a little more time here to, to plan because payments are paused through September. But uh, I think that anything passed by Congress, um, you know, should look at that and try to be smart about it uh, and, and make sure it is structured for those who need it, but also focused on the big picture, which is uh, helping people, not, you know, preventing a few people from getting loans forgiven that don't really need it. Um, so uh, I think $10,000 in forgiveness would be massively impactful. There's obviously folks pushing for more. Um, you know, uh, the way I view it, though, is ultimately, regardless of what we do, you know, we also need to think about the issue of what's causing the student loan debt, because otherwise we're going to be right back here in, you know, a year. So there's no easy answers, unfortunately, but I am glad at the level of attention it's getting and the number of groups um, that are doing great work on this. One of our partners is Student Debt Crisis. They're a great leading advocacy organization um, pushing on this issue and and their success in raising this as an issue, you know, is really remarkable considering what this would have been laughed at 
four years ago even and now it's you know it's a serious option so um so that's kind of my take unfortunately you know i'm in dc um you guys know it well you know i'm a little it's tough to pass things you know even things that a lot of folks agree on so you know it's going to need sustained pressure if anything's going to change i i can't agree more um unfortunately that will be a topic that will i would need something in addition to coffee in order to process it. <laughs> yes. so, yeah. so we'll leave whole it. Yes, it is a big can of worms. There's a whole question of what needs to be done, what should be done. There's also the issue of, shall we say, empathy or lack thereof yeah. um, on financial situations of millions of Americans, millions of which have no access to internet and millions more of which do not have food. So we will end it at that. Um, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Tobin. And for all of you who are listening, if you are interested to find out more, um, their website is www.buysavvy.com and we'll post it on, on our show description as well. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you all for listening in to another episode of One Vision. We'll see you all next week.